uh, begin to study through our vision for the coming year. And uh, the title of each sermon is going to be a balanced church, a balanced church. I think in all things we should be balanced in life. We should be balanced. Think about in life with your with your family. You have to balance career and family. Right. You have to make sure you do your due diligence at work, but then make sure you take care of things at home. You think about a diet. A diet should be balanced. Amen. Too many Oreos is not good for you. And then too many vegetables is just no fun. Right. So you got to have a balance. Right. And all things balance. Right. Jesus himself, grace and truth. He had a balance. And so in all things, we should have balance. I think as we look at the church, we need to have balance. You look around this room today and we have an obligation as a church to make sure we're caring for those who are inside the church. That's part of what the church is here for, to edify and to support and to be there. You think about, as we just mentioned, the, fin- the Finley family, to be there to help those who are in need. That's part of the church is to help each other, to build each other up and to come together. But in the, uh, the opposite side of that, we also have to be out reaching a lost world. And so we have to balance reaching lost folks, but then caring for those who are within this very room today. There must be balance in all things. And so I want to encourage you to turn your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 2. Verse 41 through 47, I'm thankful that the Lord didn't leave us out in the dark of how to have a balanced church. He told us how to do it. He gave us his word and in his word, he helps us to see that. And so if you got your Bibles with you, why don't you uh, stay with me to honor God's word this morning in Acts chapter two, uh, verse 41 through 47, we'll read this morning. Acts two forty-one says this, then they that gladly received his word were baptized And the same day they were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house that eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God, and I love this, and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Father, we love you, and God, we thank you for your perfect word. And Lord, I thank you that as we look at the church, you've established what the church should look like within your word. And God, may we just pattern, uh, Lord, the church after what you prescribed. You know best. You established the institution of the church. And Father, may we just pattern the church after what you've given us. May you give the increase. May you save souls. May you care for those who are within this room. And may you provide peace only you can and and help us in every single way. Lord, we are completely dependent upon you for all things. And God, I I pray that you be with our time this morning. I pray, God, that you would help me to get out of the way today. And may your spirit just work through me into the lives and the hearts of those who are here. I pray that for this time we would set aside all cares of this world and the things that are waiting for us this week, the things that are on our mind from the previous week. May we set those aside. And just be attentive to your word today and listen to what you would have for us today from your word. May you speak to our hearts. And Lord, I pray most importantly, God, if there's one today sitting amongst us that does not know Christ as their Lord and Savior, whether it's a child downstairs or someone in this room today, Lord, may they get that dealt with today. May they leave out of here knowing of their salvation. May they come forward today and step out of darkness and into light. May they understand the free and perfect gift of salvation through your son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, we completely surrender this service into your hands and pray your will be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You can be seated this morning. So we'll look at a balanced church part one. All right. You're going to hear uh, a lot of these coming up here real soon. But before we dive in, I do want to just say a few things and just give you some updates. I want to thank you all um, uh, for such a warm welcome to the church. You guys have been fantastic uh, for myself and my family. We are uh, thrilled to be a part of First Baptist Church. 
Uh, you guys have been great to us, taking care of, care of us, uh, making sure all of our needs are taken care of. You guys have been fantastic, and we are so thankful. You guys have been very gracious, and uh, we thank you so much, and we're glad to be here. A few updates on our family to give you some, uh, we've had some folks asking, you know, where things kind of stand. We are getting settled in. Uh, things are starting to progress. We did uh, find a house, and so things are progressing there. By the middle of February sometime, we should be in, Lord willing. And so uh, we, uh, we have a place obviously now, but we'll have a place to be settled in here uh, probably the middle of February. Our, our house sale back in Chillicothe is going great. Uh, just reached out and talked to the realtor yesterday and everything's on schedule for January 17th closing. So praise the Lord for that. Uh, we've got some time after closing to where we don't have to be out for 30 more days. So Lord willing, it's going to be close. We may be able to transition from one house to the other without having to hit a storage unit on the way. I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, but that's uh, that's come along. So we're thankful God's hand has been in that. Uh, the house we're looking to purchase wasn't even on the market. So praise God that he's uh, faithful in all ways to, to see that through. Tomorrow morning, we're taking our kids to some schools and getting them situated. So we covered your prayers there uh, as they get plugged into the new schools. And so we're excited. Things are starting to get situated and settled in. And we thank you all for helping us with that. And being with us and patient with us through this time. And uh, we've got to know the area a little bit. And I've been driving around with my phone out a lot, you know, GPS. And we're getting around town, but we're starting to figure out the area and learning where all the good pizza joints are. And and uh, we uh, we got some advice to eat some pizza. Dres- Dreshner's, is that how you say it? Dreshner's. Dreshner's. Yeah. And so we went and bought two large pizzas from that place. That was a bad idea. 15 pounds of pizza. I waited. I lie to you not before I get into sermon. Here we go. Went and bought two large pizzas. I paid for them. They hand to me. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I carry it to the car. I give it to my wife. We get home. I'm like, honey, before you touch it, I got to know how much those things weigh. And so I got on the scale and weighed myself. And then I got off and took the pizzas and got back on the scale. 15 pounds for two pizzas. We're still eating on them, I think. I don't know. It was crazy. But anyway. We're getting the hang of the area, and so it's uh, it's been good, and we found some good food, and met some great people, and and uh, we're we're just uh, we're loving it, and so we're glad to be with you guys. With that said, we are here all the time now. Um, we're here all throughout the week. I'm here all throughout the week. My wife's here. Kids are getting situated in school this week, and so we're here all the time. And so, with that being said, if anyone has needs, um, upcoming surgeries, someone who needs a visit. Call the office. Call my number. It's on the it's on the bulletin. Uh, let me know. I'm here, and I'll be more than happy to go out and do some visiting some folks. And if someone needs some prayer for some things. Let me know that too. And so we're here. We're plugged in. We're ready to go. Uh, and so you uh, you be sure to let us know if there's some needs that are out there. Um, and if I don't remember your name, forgive me. I'm getting there. I'm getting there slowly but surely. So if I call you the wrong name, just shake your head and tell me the right name, and I'll I'll figure it out. All right, but I. Uh, we're, we're getting to know everybody, and it's been, it's been a real pleasure. So thank you all so much for that. So this month, I want to begin to unpack, um, unpack our vision for the, for the coming year. And I want to clarify, as I have in previous sermons, this isn't my church. This is God's church, right? This is God's church. It's his church. He says in Matthew 16, upon this rock, he will build his church. It's Jesus' church, not mine. And so my goal and our goal should be to do church God's way. What does God say in the word? And we honor that and we seek to do so because he is the one, not me, that builds the church. It's his. I'm accountable to him. And so I simply want to do church the way God has established within his word. And in his word, we find a pattern for what church looks like. And church has balance. And so we're going to look into that over these next several weeks and several sermons. And so we'll take his word and we'll unpack what church looks like and we'll follow his leading through his perfect word. He gave us a blueprint. I'm thankful, aren't you, that God didn't leave us stranded out here without instructions. 
I'm thankful he gave us this book. It tells us so many things, church being one of them. But there's so many things inside of this book that we can search and study out and learn and pattern our lives after. And God, who is creator of all things, knows best. Amen. I don't need to enhance how he established church. He knows what he's doing. I don't need to enhance. We're talking about marriage day in Sunday school. I don't need to enhance marriage. He established it. He knows best. Amen. I don't need to enhance those things. I need to go to what the Bible says. What does the Bible say? And pattern after that. And we see this. He didn't leave us straight. He gave us what he wanted. And so we will scripturally look in to the blueprint for the church. And I believe the church should be balanced. We can't be so heavily inwardly focused that we forget about a lost world. But then we also can't be so outwardly focused that we forget about the people in this room. And so there has to be a balance in these things. And we see here in Acts 2, 41 through uh, 47, there is a balance. There were those who got saved. They were added to the church. But then they continued together with one accord, one mind, single-minded, and God added to the church. We see they took care of each other. They met needs. They prayed. They fellowshiped. They did all these things. And so we see there is a balance in what church looks like. And I want to make sure we as well at First Baptist stay balanced in all that we do. We need to have a focus outward, but also take care of those that are within. But the hinge point of everything that teeters upon, you have taking care of the inside of the church, the people who are here. And then you have reaching a lost world. The point in which everything balances upon is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything hinges upon that. He is the center of it all. The center of all that we do as a church must be the gospel. It must be Jesus. It must be Christ at the center of all that we do. We must keep that in the forefront of all that we do. So this morning, we're going to look at one side of that pendulum, right? We're going, to, we're going to look today at reaching a lost world. That's not the most important part. It is very important. Amen. We do need to go reach the lost, but all of these things are important. So we'll take the next eight sermons and we'll look at all of them. But this morning, we'll look at reaching out. We'll look at reaching out into this world, fulfilling what we know scripturally is the Great Commission and going out and winning uh, this world to Jesus Christ. We see that as very important. We want to fulfill the Great Commission. We want to be obedient to God's command for you and I. He's commanded us to do that. We want to add to the kingdom, but most importantly, we also want to multiply the kingdom. And we'll look and see what that looks like today. I had a wonderful privilege to be a part of Lighthouse Baptist Church. I know you guys have also sent out missionaries and the like. And Lighthouse Baptist Church in 16 years, two church plants, one missionary, and then just sent me out here recently. So a church that sends, and I think we should be a church that sends people out. And we'll look into some of that today. But I want to look, number one, at adding to the kingdom. Adding to the kingdom. You know, you start thinking about how to, how, to, how to grow things. You can add to it, and then you can multiply it. Right? Well, let's look first at adding to the kingdom. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we have the Great Commission. If you go back one chapter in your Bibles from Acts 2 to Acts 1, verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power, and after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. This verse, along with others, are what we know as the Great Commission. We see here one thing that must have happened for them. They said, you must wait. He says, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and then you shall be witnesses. They had to wait for the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, for you and I, we don't have to wait. If you're saved, you have the power. You have the Holy Spirit. Amen? The very moment you got saved, the Holy Spirit indwelled you. So we need not, as believers, wait. We can go. We have the, 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 the power. We have the, the Holy Ghost. But they had to wait, which shows us something. The building of the church is not us. It's God. Because they had to wait for God to indwell them to go do his work. And for us as believers, we must first be saved. If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, 
the first thing you need to do before anything else is you need to come and get saved. You need to come get right with God. You need to get your sins forgiven by God and through Christ and through Christ alone. So they had to wait for the gift of the Holy Ghost. You and I, the moment we get saved, we receive the Holy Ghost. We need not wait for that. So we see the power isn't mine, but it's God's power. He is the one who builds. He is the one who saves. He is the one who gives the increase the Bible speaks of. And so he is the one who is going to build the church. We can do extraordinary things for the cause of Christ, but it's not because of me. It's because of him. He can work through people and he does. And I'm thankful that he does. The church is the vehicle and the church is not a building. We have a beautiful building here. Amen. But the church is not a building. It's people. It's me and it's you. And he said in the word upon this rock, I will build my church. And he told the, he told the church in Acts 1, 8 and in Matthew and in Mark and in Luke and in John, he says, go, go reach the world. He told them to begin in Jerusalem, then go to Judea, then go to Samaria and then go to the uttermost part of the earth. But he told them to begin in Jerusalem. And I'm going to look today at, at, at first thing is adding to the kingdom, looking at our Jerusalem. Our Jerusalem is Ashland. This is where we begin. The Bible says that we begin where you are. You start where you are. We see that they are called to be witnesses. And a witness is someone who testifies of the things in which they, they see, the things in which they've heard. First John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 tells us what a witness is. It says that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled the word of life, for the life was manifested. And we have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the father and was manifested unto us. He says this, the things which you heard, which you saw, you looked upon and your hands have handled. As we come to faith in Christ and we begin to study his word and grow in our understanding of him, the things in which we've seen, the things in which we've heard, the lives that we've been, we've seen impacted by the gospel. Those things we're called to be a witness of. We're called to be a witness of those very things. We're called to go and to share those very things in which we know to be truth. If you're ever called into court, you've ever been on jury duty, or you, you, maybe you're on trial for something and you're asked to be a witness for something, they don't want to know what you think. They want to know the truth, right? As a witness, you get up and they make you put your hand on the Bible. They still do that these days. It's been a while. I don't know. Put your hand on the Bible and say, I'll tell the truth, the whole truth, so help me God, or something like that, right? And they want to know what you know. Give me the facts. Don't give me any opinions. Don't give me anything else. Give me the truth. And we're called to be witnesses of the truth. We're called to be witnesses of the gospel, to give the truth of the gospel. We see we're called to give the facts of that. The command to go and to be witnesses is given to all believers, not a select few. And I want to, I want to park here for just a moment. The Great Commission was given to the church. And the church is everyone who's in Christ, which means that every single one of us in this room, if you're here and you're in Christ, we are commanded to go. Now, the, 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 on our part now is two things. I'll either be obedient to that command or I'll be disobedient to that command. Now, if God has told me and commanded me to go, he's told me I need to go be a witness. I need to go share the gospel. I need to go, I need to go preach the truth, right? I need to, how will they, how will they hear unless someone preaches, right? If I don't go, I'm disobeying God and disobeying God is clearly sin. That's a sin of omission, right? By not doing what God has told me to do, I'm disobeying God. He has commissioned you and I to go. We have a mission field. We think of mission fields and we immediately think of like jungles in Africa, But we live and we work and we shop and we fill up gas tanks and we mill around a mission field every day of our lives. We live in a mission field. 
Ashland is a mission field. The places that these young folks go to school is a mission field. The places where we shop are mission fields. It's all around us. But it also is the uttermost part of the earth. It's all of that. The entire world is a mission field. And so we all are commanded scripturally to go, but yet it comes to our point of will we be obedient or disobedient to the the command. When I tell my kids to do something, sometimes they obey me and sometimes they don't, right? That's true with all kids, right? Sometimes they obey and sometimes they don't, right? But so the, the, the decision is for you and I, will we be obedient to the call to go or will we not be obedient? We know that not every single person we witness to is going to be saved. We need to understand that up front. That's the fact of the matter. But the reality is some will. Some will be saved. Some will come. When you go out and you begin to invite folks to church, not all of them will come. Some of them might. And some of them may walk through this aisle, find this, find this altar and give their life to Jesus Christ and be born again. You don't know who it is we're possibly speaking to. We have no idea. Dr. Oswald Smith said this, thinking about reaching our Jerusalem first. And we'll get into the uttermost here in a moment. Think about reaching Jerusalem and, and, and Ashland and then First Baptist Church here of Ashland. It says the light that shines the brightest at home shines the furthest. The light that shines the brightest at home shines the furthest. We want to reach the world for Christ. We need to be strong and healthy and reaching people right here. And the more we do so, the further we're going to reach out. The more into that world we're going to reach, the more, the more missionaries we're going to support, the more missionaries, I pray, will send. Wouldn't that be something? The more church plants we send, right? The more we are good here at home, the, 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 the brighter our light at home, the further it would reach. Because the Bible says there, and go back to Acts 1-8 with me. He says, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. We're called to reach them all. We're called to reach here and beyond. And so we see that both and both and we're called to reach right here your neighbors your family members the 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 folks you rub shoulders with every day we're called to reach them as well as we're called to continue to support and send out missionaries we're called to do all of those things both and missions is, is more than globally it is globally and the greatest mission field you have is your very home i was sharing this morning in sunday school the bible says in uh i believe it's third john verse four says there's no greater joy than know that my children walk in truth Right? And you think about your greatest mission field is your house. That's the greatest mission field we have. Knowing that all of our children or grandchildren are walking in truth. You know, I was uh, just, just this past, it's probably been the past uh, less than two years, Moses got saved, which completed my little nucleus in my household. All of my family is in Christ. And there's no greater joy than to know that. There's no greater joy than to know that no matter what happens in this messed up world we live in, that me, my wife, and my three kids are going to spend eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. That's our greatest mission field. And so your greatest mission field is inside the four walls of your house. And so we're making sure that that is taken care of. And then we begin to reach from there. We begin to go to the neighbors and to the workplaces and to the stores. And, to, and likewise, we begin to reach out even further from there. But it starts right here. We need to be a strong church at home to keep global missions going. Not just going, but continue to multiply. Right? This is a wonderful uh, uh, church that supports missions. I see the, the faith giving that takes place here. I see the missions board that lines this hallway. Over 30 missionaries, mission works the church supports. That's fantastic. That's not normal, church. You go to a lot of churches, they don't do that. That's fantastic. That's huge. That's great. And so we need to continue to do that. But to keep going further and to take that 30 missions or, or 30 or 33 missions that we support and to make that 50 
or 60 or more, we need to continue to strengthen home so it can shine further. And so the light at home must shine brighter to continue to reach further. I was reading in a, in, in a magazine, there's an illustration uh, about stars. You think about how many light years we are away from stars. All right. Now, I don't know the mathematics behind some of this. Read it out of a magazine. Some of you all may go home and do some research and tell me if this is right or not. All right. But it says this. It says in this, uh, this astronomy magazine, it says that the star of Bethlehem, which some scholars believe was the North Star, is 30 light years away. And the light from it obviously would take 30 years to reach our eyes. All right. So it would take 30 years if it's truly that far away to reach our eyes. The article also said that if the North Star were to die out, it would be dead 30 years before we would know it. Now think about that. That star could die out and it would take a while for us to see it, but we would eventually see it. Right. It would eventually die out. That light would eventually die out. Think about the church for a moment. When a church at home begins to die out, it may take a while, but that light will stop shining. Right. And the last thing we can do as a church is let that happen. We must continue to take the gospel. We must continue to reach people with the gospel. We must continue to strengthen home and keep that light shining bright because the brighter it shines right here, the further it reaches out there. We must keep that strong at home. There must be a balance in all of that. We must balance, as we talked about, inside and outside the church. In missions, we have to balance Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. In all things, there must be balance in that. We must reach here and beyond. All places, we have to do so. A healthy Jerusalem reaches further. A healthy FBC of Ashland can reach out and send even more. As you think about what that relates to us, I will, I will commit to, uh, to you these things. I will commit that every time we have a service, this altar will be open. We will open this altar at the end of every single service. There will be a chance for people to deal with the Lord. There will be a chance for people to come and to come and, and to, to there'll be altar workers up here to come and give their life to Christ not saved. Or maybe someone needs to deal with the Lord for other reasons. This altar will always be open. I know a lot of folks today, for whatever reason, are afraid of an altar. Right? I, I see it everywhere I go. I saw it back, back where I came from, too. They, they view altar as weakness, and I don't believe that at all. I believe this altar is a place of strength because we find that's where we come and deal with God. I believe it's a place of strength. I believe as Christians we should be up here praying for the needs that are there, lost people, lost world, our church, our brothers and sisters in this room. I believe we should be up here praying for those things. I also believe this is a place where someone who does not know Christ can come and give their life to Christ. And so I can assure you of this, as long as I'm alive and there's breath in my lungs and I'm preaching the gospel, there will be an altar call at every invitation or every service. We will open it up for people to come deal with the Lord. We will have an altar call at every single service for people to come deal. And so how that relates to us, our vision for 2020 is these altars will be open. So as we go and we invite, we can know that when they come, the gospel will be presented and they will have a chance to respond. Now that's up to them, right? The person must respond, but these altars will be open. There'll be a gospel presentation to close out every single service. We will take a minute. Not every single sermon is going to be a straight gospel presentation, but there will be a gospel presentation at the end of every service. People will understand their need for a savior at the end of every single service. That will take place because people must know they are lost in order to be saved. They must understand their sin to realize they need a savior. And so there will be a time for that at the end of every single service. You never know what God's doing in the life of someone sitting in this room right now. You have no idea. Not too long ago, uh, during the month of November, we had a family series back at LBC. And uh, one of the sermons that Pastor Ryan had uh, his brother Jared preach. Uh, Jared's very up to date on uh, technology. He's our tech guy. 
right? So he's up to date on all that, up on all the apps and social media and all these things. And so part of family, you know, Pastor Ryan thought, you know what? Social media has become so big and it's such a problem. Let's talk about it to the church. And so he had Jared come preach a message on social media, the dangers of it, the harms of it, uh, the pitfalls of it. And he preached a message that was not like a gospel driven message, but it was like, here's all the different things about social media and the, and the things to watch out for and the apps to watch for your kids. And he preaches a sermon and he gives an altar call and someone walked forward and got saved. And I'm like, hallelujah. How does that happen? He's preaching about Facebook and someone came and got saved, right? It's like, a, it's a, you don't know what God's doing in someone's heart. You have no idea, which is why the altar should always be open. doesn't matter what's being preached. When the word of God is opened, it has power. And when the word of God is presented, it can impact someone's life and they can come and get saved. And so that altar will always be open. You have no idea. I have no idea what God's doing in your heart. No clue. But I know that God can work in the midst of all things. And so I trust that God will. And so this altar will be open. The gospel will be presented. You never know, again, what the God is doing in the, in the hearts. We will also equip the church to win souls, periodically teaching and speaking on soul winning and providing the resources to do so. It talks about in Romans 10, 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then it talks about how will, they, how will they know unless they hear and how will they hear without a preacher. Someone must go. So we'll equip the church to go. And part of that... What's going to take place this coming Wednesday is preparing us for some of those things. The more we know, I remember when I first got saved and and began serving at the church and my pastor would say, hey, come with me on visitation. And I was always scared of visitation. I don't know why I was so scared of it, but I was. I was always afraid I would go up and knock on somebody's door. And as I knocked on their door, they would obviously answer and begin to ask me questions. To which I was like, well, I don't know. I'm not going to know the answer to those questions. And so I was always afraid. It was like intimidating. But what I found is the more I knew, the more comfortable I felt going, right? The more I studied, the more comfortable I felt knocking on those doors, the less I feared some of those questions. Did I get some questions that were interesting? Several, several interesting debates. I remember one young man sat on his porch for 25 minutes debating if Jesus was truly the son of God or not. We ended up having to agree to disagree. He wasn't going to meet me halfway on this one, but Jesus is the son of God, but we weren't, he wasn't agreeing with me. We finally had to part ways, but you have to be prepared for those things. And so part of this series and Wednesday nights of just diving into these key doctrines is equipping us. And maybe you already are, but refreshing us. If so, to know what we know, why we know it from the word of God, because we need to be ready at all times to give an answer. And the more we know, and the more we're grounded and the more we feel confident in that, we know what the word of God says and we can stand upon it the more I'm going to be comfortable talking to someone about Jesus Christ. So we need to be grounded. So we'll have ways to equip people to win souls, teaching up those to win souls, training up those to go. We will have visitation programs. We will go out every single Saturday unless there's something crazy going on. Every Saturday from 10 to 12, we'll be going. It'll be noted in your bulletin if we have to cancel it for some odd reason. Uh, but Lord willing, a church don't rise. We're going out. All right. Every Saturday from 10 to 12, we need to be out visiting. We will do through the summer times. Uh, through the, the better wind, or better weather, some canvassing, right? Well, we'll go out and get a map of Ashland and we'll begin to highlight off streets as we go knock those streets and we'll start knocking out the city of Ashland and see how much we can get done. We'll see how much we can knock out in a period of time and we'll see if we can't knock the whole city of Ashland over a period of time. We'll be doing some of those things. And so visitation, canvassing, door knocking, we'll have events at church where people can be invited to. I'll be making up and giving you some resources like this, even though there's an ugly guy on the back of it. I'll take him off the next one. 
But I'll, we'll be equipping you all with, with materials to be able to take out and, and hand and invite to folks. Because sometimes just talking, if you can give them something, it's better. It begins a conversation, right? And so we'll give you some flyers for different events, whether it's a vacation Bible school, a community fun day, a friend day, a, a, a fall family day, or a roundup day, right? We'll, we'll, we'll have things for you to take out and to hand and to begin to engage those conversations. So we'll equip you with resources to do so. And so equipping the church to go out and reach Jerusalem. Our Jerusalem needs Jesus. Ashland needs Jesus. And we're called to go reach them. We must continue to go. We've got our marching orders from our Lord. And we need to obey them. There's a gentleman that I know. And his name's uh, Tom. Um, and he is one of the greatest soul winners I've ever seen in my life. He just has that. You ever met someone that just doesn't ever meet a stranger? He's that guy. He never meets a stranger. He's not afraid to talk to anybody. And he's got just a passion burning inside of him for the gospel. And he sees every single one. I was standing in the foyer of the church not too long ago. And the FedEx guy came in to drop off a package. And he's standing there. And and Tom and I are having a conversation about something. I don't know what it was. And he went, ooh, an opportunity. And just walked away from me. And he went and witnessed that FedEx guy. I'm like, praise the Lord. That's awesome. He just has a heart for souls. And that's how we must view Ashland. That's how we must view our, our families. That's how we must view the city is have a passion for souls. A passion to go reach them. To go and to do that. To go reach those around us. I want to take you back for just a minute to John 1. And I want to show you a pattern for us in Scripture. And in John 1 verse 40 it says this. When, when Jesus came and he was, he was obviously selecting some of the disciples here in John 1. And in verse 40 it says, One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And look what it says in verse 41. It says, He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted to Christ. He found the Christ, and what did he do? I'm going to go get somebody. I want to bring them to Jesus. He went and got someone and says, I found the Messiah. Look, this is the Messiah. Then it says in verse 42, And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Caiaphas, which is interpretation, a stone. Then it says this, the day following Jesus would go forth into Galilee and find Philip and saith unto him, follow me. Now Philip was a beside the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, we have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write. You know what you and I need to do? We need to go out into Ashton and say, I've found the Messiah. I found Christ. I found the, the solution. I found our, our Savior. And we need to pre- present the gospel to those around us. And as people get saved, we're adding to the kingdom. We're called to add to the kingdom such as should be saved. The Bible says that in Acts 2.47, adding such as should be saved. And so we see here that addition to the kingdom, adding to the kingdom. So number one, we see adding, adding to the kingdom. Number two, we see multiplying the, key to the kingdom. As we reach people here, we're adding. As one person gets saved, we're adding one at a time, one at a time. But as we begin to go even further, we begin to multiply. As we begin to reach into Judea, Samaria, and into the uttermost part of the earth, we begin to multiply the kingdom. And if we can send out, we're even multiplying even more. In Acts chapter 13, we see in verse 2 and 3, the first missionary journey. And it says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. I pray that at FBC we're known as a sending church. I'm thankful that I had a pastor who sat down for eight years. I'm sure he had some moments where he just shook his head saying, what is this guy doing here? But for eight years, every Wednesday night, he would sit down with me for an hour with a group of us, me being one of them. And just teach us the scriptures. 
and teach us the scriptures and teach us the scriptures. And he just kept doing that for eight years, studied through the Bible twice. And what he was doing was he was training up people to go. The more we're grounded, the more we know, the more we're engulfed in the word, he's training them to go. And my commitment is I will do that. Anyone who has a, wants to do so, you know my number. Get a hold of me. What he's invested in me, I will invest in others. We will sit down. We will study through the scriptures. There will be a time where we have a ministry training class where we'll be able to come together and study the word of God together. And I pray that from First Baptist Church of Ashland, God would call church planners, God would call missionaries, and send them out and multiply the kingdom. As someone goes out and starts a church somewhere, or someone goes to a foreign mission field, or whatever it is, God's multiplying. We reach one, we're adding, and that's good. We need to add. But as we send out... That multiplication process, that snowball process begins. And so we want to continue to reach here and get that light shining bright, but then we also want to send. I'm praying for some of our young folks, some of these young men in the youth department, maybe some men you know, not in the youth department. I, I, I got called to ministry at 36 years of age. So you don't have to be in youth department to be called to ministry. I was called away from a very lucrative career to, to step into ministry. So it could be anybody, but I'm praying that God would call some young men and some young women to step out of their comfort zone and to serve him full-time in ministry. I pray God would do that here at First Baptist Church. And so we want to multiply the kingdom. Multiply the kingdom. My prayer is that God would raise up soldiers, train them up, and send them out to win souls for Christ. You begin to think about what that means as we send folks out, it just adds to our account. You think about those souls are on the account. I know there's been some missionaries come out of here already. Amen. Those souls are being added to the account of First Baptist Church. Amen. And the, and the, and the men and the people who have served and labored and worked here over all those years. This year, 2020, we'll celebrate our 70th anniversary as a church. That's amazing, amen? 70 years of plowing and serving and winning souls, and that's a tremendous thing. And we'll be sure to address that in due time. And so praise the Lord for the work that's happened here. I pray it only continues to grow and to flourish and to reach and to send and to multiply the kingdom. We will continue to have Missions Month. We will continue to do faith promise giving. We will continue to support the missionaries that are supported and by God's grace support more. Those things will continue. The heartbeat for missions must only continue as it is, giving and praying for missions. And we'll be speaking to some of this uh, as well in the future. I know the church here already uh, uh, supports well over 30 mission, different mission works, and I'm thankful for that. So we'll continue those things. So we will continue to support. We will continue faith promise giving. We will continue missions month in the month of October. We will continue those things because that's important. We are commanded to reach here and then to reach beyond. Those things will continue. And then we need to, number three, we need to pray. We need to be praying. Because as I quote, as stated before, it is not me and you that builds a church. It's God who builds a church. And I can't, if you've heard me say this once, you've already heard me say it 50 times. We can't do it. They had to wait on the gift of the Holy Ghost to go do that, right? You and I need God in order to win souls. I can't do it in my own strength. God is the one who increases the church. God gives the increase. And in Acts 2.42, it says they continue steadfastly in apostles, doctrine, fellowship, breaking bread, and in prayers. My, my friends, I want us to be a praying church. Luke 18.1 says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought to always pray and not to faint. We need to be a church that's praying and seeking God and drawing near to God and that God would call up and raise up and send up young men and young women to go win people to Christ. We need to be praying for a world around us that's dying, lost, and going to hell and needs a Savior. We need to be praying for those things because, my friend, we need God's power and work in order to do those things. 
We in our own strength cannot. So we must be a church that's praying. In Matthew 9, 36 and 38, as Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. And he prayed not for the lost. He prayed for laborers to go. And so we need to be praying, a praying church, that God would raise up people to go and send them out. We know this has happened already. I pray it only continues to happen. We need to also pray for the lost. In Romans chapter 10, verse 1, he he says, Paul, the apostle Paul says this. He says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. And our prayer needs to be that God would send out, but that God would also save the ones who aren't saved. Save the lost. A praying church for the lost to be saved. A praying church for God to raise up people to send out. I don't know about you, but I know I had a praying grandmother. Anybody ever praying grandma? I had a praying grandmother. My grandmother, I was telling the guys at the men's prayer breakfast yesterday, she taught Sunday school as long as I can remember. I remember as a little kid going to church at, at uh, Fifth Avenue Baptist Church in Huntington, West Virginia. And she taught Sunday school there, I'm not even sure how long. I don't remember a time she didn't until her health finally got so bad she couldn't. And I remember I used to go over as a teenage boy to her house, and I would help. At, uh, they had a farm out back of Chesapeake, Ohio, and I'd go out there and help my granddad and cut down trees, cut grass, do whatever he needed me to do. And, and uh, I'd be over there, we'd eat lunch, and we couldn't find grandmother. And I was like, where is she at? And we'd go downstairs in the basement. She'd be down in that basement, and she had a little prayer closet. She'd be down in there, and I'd hear that typewriter. Ching, 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 ching. Remember typewriters? Right? She'd be doing that, typing up those Sunday school lessons. She was a faithful, praying grandmother. I had a chance as she, she passed away. She's with the Lord today. She was praying for me for a lot of years. I didn't get saved until after she passed. So you think about praying for a minute. The people you're praying for, you may not see them get saved. My friend, don't quit praying for them. Don't quit praying for them. She never quit praying for us. She didn't get to see it on earth. But we're going to spend eternity together. Amen. So her prayers were answered. Just maybe not when she wanted them to be answered, but they were answered. So you keep praying for lost souls. You keep being faithful to pray. I had a praying grandmother, and we need people who are praying today that God would do a work. Because God hears our prayers. He answers according to his will. And we see that. So do not quit praying. Many people will say today, I can't, you know, I can't serve like maybe I once did. I can't throw tables and chairs like I once did. I can't go out canvassing like maybe I once did. You can pray. Everybody can pray. And so I encourage you and challenge you to set aside a time, get on your knees before a holy God and lift up names to him. Pray for people that you know who aren't saved. Pray that God would raise up young men and women out of First Baptist Church and send them into this messed up world to go win them to Jesus. Pray that God would raise up people to go. And so you can pray. So wherever you find yourself today, whether you're able-bodied or not, you can get out or you can't, we can all pray. So I want to challenge and encourage you to pray. And then see also equipping the church. Number three was pray. Number four is equip the church. Equip the church to reach out. We will seek to provide opportunities for all of us to invite people to church. Several things throughout the year, whether it's different events. Uh, obviously, there's the, there's the given of Easter and Christmas. Those come. Uh, and we'll obviously uh, uh, make a big to-do of those things, obviously, and, and reach out to our community for that. But there will be other opportunities, whether it's family days in May or whether it's a vacation Bible school followed by a community fun day to celebrate our vacation Bible school or a fall day or whether it's a roundup is what you guys had, uh, called it here at uh, FBC or uh, different youth events. I want to I plug youth for just a minute. They had a, a snow tubing trip. Took sixteen teenagers. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord for that. That's good. That's awesome. That's good. I know my brother Dirk was sharing with me. He wanted me to share that they're going to begin kicking up. This is one thing you all can be praying for: kicking up two Wednesdays a month, starting having youth on Wednesday nights. Wow. Praise the Lord for that. Our teenagers are dealing with a lot of stuff out there. 
It's a messed up world they live in. And so the more we can get them under the preaching and teaching of the word of God and around God's people, that's a good thing. Amen. So we'll be doing that. So Dirk was sharing with me. He's going to be kicking up two Wednesday nights a month, having youth group on Wednesday nights on top of his Sunday mornings. So praise God for that. Praise God for the 16 teens that went to bargaining. That's a good thing. And so we could be praying for those young folks and those generations that are behind us. Children's events. We'll have events for our children. Revival services. We're going to have some revivals coming up and some speakers coming in. All these things will be opportunities to equip us to go out and to invite. And so we'll equip ourselves to go do this. Obviously, I pray and hope we invite people to every single Sunday service. Amen. The gospel will be opened. The gospel will be preached and the altars will be opened. So the opportunity to respond will be here every single service. So I pray we invite all the time. You think about what events do. Events are good. It's a good way to draw folks in. But we don't want to live and die on events. If you get them with events, you got to keep them with events. But we will have some. They're a good way to reach out. And I, I do believe in those. Uh, but we won't do events all the time. You, you, you get them with events, you have to keep them with events, right? And so we'll have balance in all things. In all things balance. We will do some things throughout the year to invite and to encourage. Absolutely. But we won't do them all the time. I'm of the belief that you can only do so many, you can do so many things, but only so many things well. Right? You begin to stretch yourself out too far and you begin to lose effectiveness. And so doing the few things and doing them well and doing them right and seeking to honor God in those things. And so we'll do a few events a year and we'll do them right. We'll have flyers and tracks. And on your seat today, you have there, and I'll just briefly, you, you guys have eyes, so I don't need to tell you too much about this, right? But on your, on your seat there, you have the flyer that's been hanging around for a while, the You're Invited flyer. It's got the service times on the back. It's got the directions to the church. If anybody doesn't know, I don't know how you can't know. It's a very visible church, right? But uh, it's got all the details, the phone numbers, everything's on it, right? Uh, so you have that. Then we also have these that I brought out to you this morning. And these are gospel tracks. This is a great way. These things are perfect. Look at that. Perfect. Fits right in the pocket, right? You can carry these with you every day of the week. You can take them to work. You can take them to the grocery store. And these are great ways just to say, hey, I'd like to invite you out to church. You know what you do every time you hand somebody one of these? You're handing them, obviously, a church invitation because everything about the church is inside of this as well. The address, the service times. Again, I'll take the ugly guy's face off soon, right? But everything's in there about the details about the church. But then the other thing you're handing them is it says, do you know for sure if you die today, you go to heaven? And when you flip that over, inside of this is a gospel presentation. Do you know, you know, it talks about all of sin, the penalty for sin is death and hell. Jesus died to pay for our sins and he invites us to be saved. It walks someone through the Romans road, through the, the way of salvation. And so every time we hand some of the, one of these to someone and invite them to church, you're handing them not only an invitation to church, but you're handing them the gospel. Right? They can read this and they can learn how to be saved. And if the opportunity opens itself, you can even have that discussion with them. It gives you a great discussion tool to begin to talk about. So these are available. The one that's on your seat, I want you to take it and get rid of it. All right? Take it and get rid of it this week. Go, go give it to somebody. Invite them to church. And there's also a bunch of them on the Welcome Center. If you want to take 20 of them, get rid of them. Knock yourself out. By all means, go do it. All right? So these are to get rid of. These are not for you. These are for you to go and to hand out and get rid of. All right. So take some of these. So we will equip with resources to do this. So we have flyers. We have tracks. Now, social media. I'm not a big fan of social media. I think it has a lot of pitfalls, but it also has some benefits. All right. If you've noticed here recently, you've probably seen an increase in usage of our First Baptist Church Facebook page. And it is a great way to spread the word. And it also costs no money. Right? We can get the word out for no money. We post something on there. You guys share it, what you guys have been doing. And it reaches a whole lot of people, and it reaches them real fast. Let me share this with you. I think I wrote these stats down somewhere. I did. One of the posts that we put out 
um, a couple weeks ago, you guys, several of you, I think like eight or nine or something, shared it out. And it, it shows me as I manage the Facebook account, it tells me how many people that reached and how many engaged it. All right. It tells me how many it reached, which means it just came across their, their uh, feed. Is that what you call it? Feed came across their feed. And then the ones that engaged it actually stopped, looked, or maybe clicked it, maybe liked it, did something, right? They somehow engaged that post. And here's what it says. It says 744 people were reached by that post. And 228 people engaged it. Okay? So I'm not a fan of social media because I think, I've heard it called fake book before, right? Facebook, it is what it is. But there is some benefits to it. It does get the word out very quickly and it does spread it very wide. And so we will utilize social media in a right way to get the word out about the, about services or about events or about things going on at the church or things that are up and coming. And so if you haven't liked our Facebook page for the church, like it. You'll see some things on there. Feel free to share away. The more people that share, the more people see it. It's a great way to get the word out. And guess what it costs? Nothing, right? No cost to it. So it's a great way to spread the word. So these are just tools that we'll use. Now, I don't encourage you staying on Facebook too long because there's a lot of stuff on there that's garbage, all right? So don't hang out. Just go share the stuff in the church and get off there, all right? Get off there. All right, so I'm not a fan of that, but anyway. Uh, so we see there, there's some opportunities there to, uh, to go out. So we have all these different things. The, the podcasts uh, will be on there. Those are able to be shared. Uh, we have a, a podcast now that soon will be updated to the, to the website. Our website's under construction. Um, it's still there, but it's, it's under construction. You can't see it yet. Uh, but we'll be launching a new website here real soon. It'll be very user-friendly. Um, and the sermons will be on there as well. It's a great way to get the sermons out and get the Word of God out. Maybe p- people who can't get out can listen. That's a good thing, right? Someone who maybe is shut in. We went and visited Martha yesterday. She can't get out because she hurt her leg. Well, if she could somehow access Facebook, she could listen to a sermon. That's a good thing, amen? So we are able to get that out. And so we'll have some of these ways to, to reach out into our community. So all these things are up to date. So we'll be equipping different ways this year to, to reach into our community. All these things are ways to reach. Flyers, tracks, websites, social media sites, all these things. But the most important method is still the old-fashioned method. It's still one-on-one. It's still me and you taking this or taking something and just saying, hey, I'd love to see you at church Sunday. Would you come with me? And invite someone to church. That's the best method. And so I want to challenge and encourage you to take these and get rid of them. So the, the conclusion is simple. The, the goal is simple. We want to be balanced. All right. Tonight we're going to look and begin to transfer to the, to the inside the church. Uh, this morning I want to look at reaching out. We're going to be seeking to reach Ashland. We're going to be praying that God would send people out to Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost part of the earth. And send out church planners and missionaries. And God would raise them up. So pray for that. But we want to be balanced in all things. Tonight we'll begin to look at uh, some of the things within the church. We'll begin to look at uh, some of the, the needs within the church and the, and the development within the church. And today we're gonna, or tonight we're going to look at a growing church, but not in number. And I'll, I'll share more tonight. I don't want to give too much away. But a growing church, not in number. So I just want to share with you to, to continue to reach, continue to invite, take the resources that are available, and bring some folks with you. The old-fashioned approach of one-on-one is by far the best. When people come, they hear. When they hear, they believe. And when they believe, they get saved. And I pray that that would be the case. The Word of God was preached in Acts chapter 2. They heard it, they were convicted, and they gave their life to Christ. And in Acts 2.41, it says there were 3,000 added to the, to the church. And so I pray that we would see a tremendous harvest here in Ashton. And this morning, I just want to challenge you to take the next step in your walk, wherever that is for you. I don't know where you are this morning. Maybe as a, maybe as a believer, you've been saved for a while, but maybe your witnessing isn't where you want it to be. 
Maybe you're not going out and inviting folks as you probably should be. I want to encourage you this morning to come, pray, ask for forgiveness because to disobey God is sin. We need to ask for forgiveness for that. And pray and seek God in that and say, God, give me some opportunities this week to to invite somebody to church. Give me some opportunities this, this week to be a witness for you. And pray and seek God in that. So I don't know where you find yourself. As a believer, maybe you need to make a decision. Maybe you need to draw closer to God. Maybe your Bible reading time is spotty at best. Your prayer life isn't where it needs to be. Come and do, do business with God today. Come and deal with God in that today. Maybe you want to pray about discipleship or something else. Or maybe God's dealing with you about something in ministry. I don't know what it is. Come and pray about that. Maybe you're here and you've been saved, but you've never taken the first step of obedience of baptism. If you're here and you've been saved and you've never been baptized, come pray. But then seek me or one of these guys up here that will be on the altar here in a minute. Let them know that. And if you're here and you've been saved and you've never been baptized, my friend, the Bible makes that clear. That's also a command. We need to be baptized. Take that next step. Whatever the next step for you is, take that step. And for the one that may be here today who is not born again, the one who is not saved, I want to encourage you this morning. The most important person in the room today is you. I pray that today you don't leave out that way. The Bible does tell us that today can be the day of salvation for you. And if you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, my friend, understand this with me this morning. He loves you. He sent his son for you. He died on the cross for you. And if you call out to him for salvation, he will save you today. He will save you. He will rip you right out of the pits of hell and make a place for you in heaven for all eternity. He will do that today if that's you. And so if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, my friend, don't leave out of here without getting that settled. You can come forward. There's some guys that will be up here in just a moment. And they can share Christ. And today you can call out to him for salvation. Romans ten thirteen, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you need to be saved, you come today. If you guys would all stand with me and bow your heads and close your eyes in prayer. And as we have a time of invitation, wherever you find yourself, I want to encourage you to take the next step. My friend, if we're stagnant, we're moving backwards. We need to be moving forward in our walk with the Lord. If we're not witnessing as we should, we should be. If we're not reading as we should, we should be reading. If we're not praying like we should, we ought to be praying. If we're not uh, doing those things, if we've been saved, we've not been baptized, we need to make that decision. I don't know where you find yourself this morning. I don't know what's going on in the life and the hearts of those who are here. But I just trust and pray that if God's dealing with you this morning about something, anything, whatever it is, to, to, to deal with the Lord about that this morning. Come forward and grab somebody, get that dealt with, spend some time with God. This altar is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength. You can come and you can pray. And my friend, I know from the word of God that we pray God hears our prayers. Amen. And so I trust and pray you come and you'll do business with God this morning, whatever you need to do. And most importantly, if you're here today and you're not certain of your salvation, my friend, for you specifically, I pray that this morning you would come and you would seek one of these guys or one of these ladies and ask them, what do I need to do to be saved? And they will be more than happy to open up the copy of the word of God and share with you how to be saved. And my friend, you do not have to leave out of here lost. You do not have to leave out of here wondering about your salvation. The Bible says you can know that you're saved. And so if you're not certain, my friend, the most important person in the room is you this morning. You need to come and you need to do business with God this morning and get that dealt with. Father, we love you. And God, I thank you so much for this time. I thank you for these folks. Lord, I pray that you be with our invitation time this morning. I pray, God, that whatever you're doing in the lives of those who are here, whether it's a closer walk, whether it's they need to be a better witness or or seek to go win more people to Christ or invest more time in, in the word of God or in prayer, maybe for baptism or discipleship or, Lord, most importantly, maybe there's someone in here who's not saved. God, I pray that you would work in their hearts, convict their hearts, and they would come forward and not be afraid, not let pride keep them where they are, but step out of their comfort zone and come and deal with you this morning. And God, I pray that you would give the increase, Father. We just uh, completely surrender this invitation time into your hands. We pray your will be done in all ways, and we give you the praise in advance for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Let's all sing together. And if you need to come this morning, feel free to come and spend some time with the Lord. Amen.